You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm rolling solo this morning. May have a few people hop in here. We'll see what happens. I did make sure that I got them the link this morning, so we've knocked that out. All right? <laughs> so there you go with that. Now, as far as what we're going to cover, obviously, uh, we're one day – out of Packers Bears, the biggest rivalry in all of the NFL. It's going to be a great matchup. I think it's going to be a little closer than people might expect. I think it's going to be a little lower scoring than people may expect as well. I think the over-under at one point was at 45. Now it's sitting at 44. So we'll see how that plays out. Just some of the some of the metrics, some of the stuff that I've been looking at um, kind of suggests you're probably going to be somewhere um, underneath that 45. Now watch them come out and score a total of 60 points, right? I know the weather's supposed to be decent. Uh, There's snow rolling through Green Bay today. Um, But uh, tomorrow, I think, by the time the game kicks off, we're looking at something around, I don't know, probably probably around 30 degrees and maybe a slight chance of flurries, 10% or less. So weather shouldn't be too much of a factor. I don't think the wind's supposed to be a factor, although I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to that. Let's see if we could pull that up because the wind really affects the game more than precipitation, in my opinion. I mean, it really does. You've got to really key in on, on your passing game, and it, it also obviously affects the uh, the kicking game as well. It looks like nine-mile-an-hour nine winds, and by the evening time, five-mile-an-hour, so it shouldn't affect that that much there at all. So um, if you do like the over in that game, uh, probably that, you know that's good news for you there with the wind for sure. So – Let's uh let's take a look in the chat real quick. We've got a ton of people in here. Man, you guys have been lighting it up. Had like over a hundred comments before we even went live. We got Jen in here. We got Omer in the house. Just gonna look here recently. Boz, Steven Smith. What's up, guys? Good morning. Appreciate y'all hanging out with us. Drew D in the house. Got the whole crew in here. Good stuff. Let's start it off with a, a little 
Packers Bears preview from Packers Daily. Um, love what they do over there. Obviously, we we do a, we put in a plug for them every week. Um, I think Packers.com does a good job of kind of keeping things somewhat conservative, not too over the top. I know some people uh, get up get upset that they're not not a little more edgy, uh, kind of like the Chargers. Although that that backfired, I would say. Right? I mean, if you go back and look at their social media all year long, next thing you know, they're firing their head coach. So. I, th- I think I would lean towards the way Green Bay has handled things from the social media side, but I just wish they would give us a little more content, a little more insight. But the guys over at Packers Daily do a great job. You know, Larry McCarron, Mike Spofford, uh, Wes Hodkowitz, the whole gang. And uh, they put together put together some really good videos, very insightful, especially with Larry on the Telestrator. Um, just love what they've done all year long. So let's check out this uh, Packers Bears preview. Just watching Jordan that's been so impressive over the last half of the season is our success in situational football. He's been really good on third downs. Third down and short. Snap to Love looking to throw. He throws off his back foot right side of the end yes! And then a lot of confidence. He rips and throws the wideouts that, you know, aren't open yet. He anticipates well and just handling pressure. You still gotta make those throws and you gotta stay in there and make some plays. So I think that's the big thing is just having that poise. While Jordan Love has displayed poise, Bears quarterback Justin Fields has demonstrated power. Over his last two seasons, number one has racked up a dozen rushing scores and more than 1,100 yards after contact. And this past week, Fields led all QBs in missed tackles forced. The play's never over with this guy. There's countless examples that we've seen where you're like, oh, they sacked him. Oh my gosh, they didn't sack him. He's still alive, you know, running for 20 yards. So it's an element of his game that is something you've got to be conscious of every single play. Green Bay has won nine consecutive games over Chicago and seven straight here at home. But the Bears are coming off back-to-back victories and would love nothing more than to play spoiler in Week 18. A challenge is always great. You know, when you got a game in front of you where you know you know you can make the dance, you know, it's a playoff game for us, so we got to go out there and execute and, you know, take care of business. That's what you play for, right? You play for these moments, these opportunities to, to play in the, you know, competitive game. You know, you want to be playing these games to have a chance to go to the playoffs, and that's exactly where we're at, and I think everybody's excited for it, but it's, it's going to be fun. Man, Jordan Love just looks so calm to me. He uh, every time he's in front of the cameras, he just I don't know. He kind of he kind of bleeds confidence. Right. He just kind of oozes out of him, but not in a cocky way either. It's like he just looks comfortable. He looks comfortable being the leader of the team. He looks comfortable being the starting quarterback. Um, You could tell the guys just absolutely love him. Matt LaFleur actually made a comment about that. We talked about it on the pod yesterday where, you know, he's uh, he's hosting these. I think they said Monday night dinners. And not only they getting together and eating and all that stuff and, have, you know, just breaking bread together, but they're also kind of going over the tape, going over the game footage, uh, even outside of the facility. What you're doing is you're establishing a culture across the entire organization. You know, if you've got the guy who I think we would all agree, and it's wild to say this because in the first half of the season, it was it was quite the opposite. Really, the first third of the season, it was quite the opposite. But um, if if you were to look up and say, OK, which player do you think is carrying the majority of the load for the Packers down this successful stretch here in the second half of the season? I think we would all pretty much agree it's Jordan Love, right? I mean, there's some other names you'd mention like Jaden Reed. Um, you know, Tucker Craft has, has been pretty, uh, pretty uh, you know, solid as well. 
<clears throat> just being Mr. Consistent. On defense, who would the player be on defense, you know? First half of the season, you would say Rashawn Gary absolutely balled out. Struggled here of late, right? Um, who else would you throw into that mix? There's not a whole lot of players that you go, yep, that's the guy who's making it go, other than Jordan Love. Now, Aaron Jones cranked it up the last two games, obviously. So I just think it's important to mention um, that the guy who probably deserves the most credit is the one who's leading by example, uh, not just on the field, but off the field. And that's exactly what you need. I mean, when you trade away Rasul and that locker room takes a bit of a hit, right? And then Jair, you know, goes through what he just went through. And it seems like we're on the backside of that. And I'm I'm getting more and more confident, more and more comfortable every day that Jair will be a part of the Packers moving forward. I hope it stays that way um, because he is a great player when he's 100% healthy and he is being Jai. But um, no one else on that team really has been able to kind of carry the love the way Jordan has this year. So. When he's leading by example and he's doing all the things in front of the camera, not in front of the camera, you've got teammates constantly praising him, talking about how he's a great leader. You're really setting a great baseline for that locker room as far as the culture goes. And I don't think we could ask for a a better scenario for a starting quarterback right now. I mean, you're talking about very cheap cap hit for the next two years, this year and next year. Obviously, you're going to have to spend a, a ton of money if he continues playing the way he's playing. But the sooner you get him that contract, the better for sure. Drew D in the chat says, poise is so important in a quarterback and so hard to find. Love that Jordan has it. And that was one of the things on his scouting report coming out. You know, you, you see the high interception, Tony, like, man, he's kind of reckless with the ball, this and that. And then you hear people talk about how he's got his dad's personality. He's kind of got his dad's aura about him. Uh, you know, his dad being the leader in the community, we've talked about it. And uh, obviously uh, – laying his body on the line for his community for so many years, being a police officer, his mother being a police officer too. And they said he, his dad was kind of this leader, right? In the neighborhood, people knew, people knew you could kind of lean on him. And Jordan has that. I remember people saying it. I'm going, what does that mean exactly? I get it. I get it now. He's got it. Um, When things get tough, he doesn't panic. When things are going great, you wouldn't know they're going great looking at him. And that's what you want, that even kill, the same person week in and week out. Think about what Greg Cosell said back in the summer. He has all the tools. He has the arm talent, right? He has the size at 6'4". He has the mobility. We've seen that. The question is, can he be the same player week in and week out? When things don't go right, can he come back the next week and be that same player that other players can look to and lean on? And, man, we've we've got that answer, the answer to that question for sure. It's exciting. It's really exciting. seems like every episode we're talking about Jordan Love's leadership. And uh, some would say, okay, we'll quit talking about it. I'm not going to, man, because it's so important. And it's so important to give Goody credit for that draft pick. He caught a lot of hill, guys, a lot of hill for that draft pick. I was one like, come on, man, we're, we are so close. We're so close. But in the back of my mind, I'm hearing all these great football minds over the, over the history of the game saying the best time to draft the quarterbacks when you don't need one. Okay, yeah, that, I got it. I got it. I'm going to be quiet. You you think, okay, well, what did Bill Walsh do? Bill Walsh had Joe Montana. What did he do? He upset the entire organization by going out and trading for Steve Young. I think that paid off, right? It got him another ring as an organization. I know, uh, to the best of my knowledge, Bill Walsh wasn't the head coach at the time, but he was still in the front office when Steve won his, if I remember correctly. But it's just uh, you got to kind of lower your ego. And, and I say you've got to, I mean in me. You, you get these emotional moments where it's like, what the heck are we doing drafting a quarterback when Aaron's got at least, you know, three to five years left in him? And then you got to step back and go, Clayton, you don't know everything about football. You need to start listening to people who have been there, done that, you know. 
It's why we put so much stock in former players. It's why we put so much stock in like Michael Lombardi and people like that. It's important to uh, to understand where you fit in, right, and uh, and know exactly um, where your opinion stacks on the uh, the ranking of importance. Mine is somewhere down there near the basement. <laughs> so when you get people that uh, that obviously uh, have been around the game their entire life, man, they're going to carry more weight than me or, or any other fan, in my opinion. We got Tim joining us now from Green Bay. Tim, you ready to get that snowblower out, bro? You about to move some snow? Man, it's nothing but an inch, man. That's, <laughs> that's nothing. Snowblower for an inch of snow. I looked at the map and I went, man, they're getting hit hard. People up in Green Bay out there checking the mail in the shorts, you know, yeah, it ain't no big deal. We're good. We love it. My wife's we, up there right now just dusting off the, the steps. And, just to make and, sure. And she is. She's still wearing her slippers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I know uh, – I think it was the second or third game that I went to in Green Bay. I think it was in October. And uh, we were playing – I want to say it was the Eagles, if I remember correctly. They all blur together. I've been to so many – I've been blessed to be, be able to go to so many games. And I remember stepping outside of the hotel, and I was like, oh, it's a little chilly. It was like – I don't know. It, it was something like the upper 30s in October. And I was like, yeah, it's chilly out here. And I'll never forget, there was a girl out there. And you knew she was from up around that area because, you know, you get – is it just me or do you get a lot of people from Wisconsin and Minnesota that have blonde hair, right? They're kind of light-colored hair, kind of thirsty. Mm-hmm. She was out there in shorts, a tank top, and her hair was wet where she just had a shower smoking a cigarette. And I was like, this, this is unbelievable, man. And look, she wasn't big like me, man. I got some fat insulating me, keeping me warm. She was skinny as a rail, bro. And she just out there burning one like the morning. I'm like, y'all crazy. Yep. I love it. A little different it. up this way. Yep. It definitely is, man, for sure. <laughs> well, we got a lot to hit, hit on there. We played a quick video from, uh, obviously, Packers Daily. Uh, this is really cool, too. Just wanted to flash this up. I've seen this floating around. I don't know who to give credit uh, to for this. Actually, let me drop the ticker. It may say at the bottom. I definitely want to take the time to do that. Uh, at CBS Sports. Okay, cool. So CBS Sports actually posted this. Uh, records held by Eric Kramer in 1995. So the previous quarterback was Eric Kramer in 1995. Jordan Love versus the Bears franchise records. Okay. One season starting. Um, so the Bears had the edge over him there, Tim. They've had 104 seasons now with, with a quarterback at the starting helm, okay? Other than that, Jordan Love passed for 3,843 yards this season, and the best quarterback performance, to the best of my knowledge, Eric Kramer with the Bears in 1995, I think they said, 3,838 yards. So Jordan Love has passed for more yards this season than any other Bears quarterback in the 104-year history. Also – Jordan Love has 30 passing touchdowns. I think it was Eric Kramer as well that had 29 passing touchdowns. So uh, first season as a starter, Jordan Love has boat raced their franchise records. So uh, it'll be great too to see uh, tomorrow when he gets over 4,000 yards for the year and we get a few more tutters to add to the list. I love it. I love it. We're going to hit on some of those. If we have time, we're going to hit on some of the uh, team statistics compared over the last five or six years, I thought, you know what, let's kind of go that approach now. We've looked at PFF. We've looked at the SIS data. We went the 33rd team and and kind of pulled the, the the point system and how they add, you know, positive and negative points to every play and all that good stuff. Um, so we'll kind of take a look at how they've stacked up over the last few years. First, let's hit the injury report real quick. I uh, just want to kind of key in on a couple of things here. Let's talk about the outs and the questionable, okay? A.J. Dillon has been ruled out with the thumb and the neck. Rudy Ford ruled out with the uh, hamstring. 
uh, questionable is Elton Jenkins, although I believe we all agree he's probably going to go. It, it sounds like he's not going to miss this game. Uh, also doubtful is Isaiah McDuffie um, there with the concussion. Now, you guys know I mentioned if he's limited later in the week, maybe he makes it in. Typically, if you don't practice after a concussion, then you get didn't get a chance to fully test that concussion protocol, so I don't imagine he'll be active. That's just me. Uh, personally. Uh, Luke Musgrave, questionable. He was limited all week with the kidney. I know he wants to get out there for sure. you got to kind of be smart about that, especially if for some some reason you're blessed and you jump out to an early lead somehow, some way, then uh, you can kind of really limit his snaps and get him ready for the first round of the playoffs if you could somehow pull this win off against the Bears. Now, if it's a close game and he's like, put me in, hey, throw him out there, man, right? Worst worst thing that could happen is he re-aggravated a little bit. They can monitor it real heavy. They wouldn't be putting him out there, Tim, if they were worried about any internal bleeding at this point, obviously. But still, um, last game of the season, can't hold anything back as it was said on the water boy, right? So That's right. <laughs> questionable, too. You've got Jaden Reed. Um, he's He was limited all week long. He's questionable with the chest. I think Jaden's probably going to go. Um, and let's see who else is questionable here. we got Preston Smith questionable. He was limited yesterday. That was huge. I didn't expect that. The way people were talking, the buzz around town was kind of like, probably not going to be able to go. Luke Tenuta, um, questionable, and he was full participation. The question is, can he get caught up, you know, and is there a starting role for him? I don't think there is right now, although I wouldn't mind to see big Luke Tenuta slide in at a right guard just to see what happens, you know. I mean, that's a big old boy. Tim, he's like, if I remember correctly, like six foot eight, dude. Could wow. you imagine? That's like Caleb Jones big right there. Yeah. Yeah. Goody's definitely got a top when it comes to signing those players that are, are off of roster, Sean. He's like, you know what? Let's go get the guy that I would take into a bar fight. Let's find that guy. <laughs> uh, Christian Watson, uh, questionable. Now, there was a big, big conversation about that. He was limited for Wednesday and Thursday, then did not participate. I immediately thought, hmm, I know Justin from Packernet Podcast hit me up and was like, oh, crap, he ain't practicing. I didn't have time to respond before he kind of hit it up, and, and I think he put two and two together. But immediately I thought, probably precautionary. And we'll hit on a tweet about that here in a second. Dontavian Wicks, questionable. Um, I think there's a chance he goes. I think you're going to get either either him or Jaden Reed are going to get the majority of the snaps, whichever one is more healthy. I think they'll both probably be active. That would be my guess. And Emmanuel Wilson listed questionable before participation all week long with A.J. Dillon being out. I'm pretty sure we're going to see Emmanuel Wilson, Tim. What do you think about that, dude? Uh, I think we are, and I think we're going to see Preston Smith, like we, we talked about as well. I mean, come on, Preston Smith, you know, another proud owner of the Chicago Bears. Uh, that, that guy's not going to miss this game. Um, and you know, we may just see him in a limited fashion and we might get a little bit more of uh, LVN. Um, but yeah, Emmanuel Wilson, I, I can't wait to see him get out there and contribute. Um, he's been nothing short of electric every time he's touched the ball this year. So, uh, really excited to see, uh, him back out there, but yeah, man, this is all hands on deck, uh, situation here. If anything, we're, we're looking at the, uh, you know, with anticipation here at the actives, because, you know, mm -hmm. somebody's got to get sent, sent down here, right. We're at a full 53. Um, so it, if we are in fact going to have certain guys play, somebody's going to have to get, you know, busted back down. So uh, not sure who that's going to be just yet, but uh, we are, we're going to need every single player we can to get out there and contribute tomorrow for sure. Yeah, and especially with Bo Melton, you know, you've used all of his elevations to send him back down, so they signed him to the active roster. That's one you would think is probably going to hang around. Now, 
last game of the season, there's a chance they go, you know what, let's send him down. We'll try to re-sign him on the futures in the offseason. That could possibly happen. I hope it doesn't because, man, he showed a lot of flash. But um, one thing I will point out, if we don't send – if we don't cut Bo Melton, right, and then just try to pick him up immediately fall on the season, if that doesn't happen – one of the things this kind of plays into when we look at the defensive identity once again with the, with the uh, um, with the Chicago Bears, when you look at the defensive identity, we were kind of talking about, okay, how well do they play in their base? In their base, they're fourth highest in EPA. In their nickel, they're 14th highest. And in their dime, they're in 26th. So to me, it kind of looks like, all right, if there was ever a week you were going to carry more wide receivers and maybe go to 11 and 10 look, maybe that quad look that Emilio was talking about he's seen early on against the Vikings, this might be the game to do that too. So just something to keep in mind there. Um, now, as far as the Packers injury report, I know we got Jacob joining us now. Get his take here in a second. Uh, Matt Schneiman tweeted out, Packers final injury report versus the Bears out. A.J. Dillon not playing because of a stinger, so it doesn't have anything to do with the thumb. It was more about the shoulder and slash neck where he got the stinger. And Rudy Ford is out as well. Doubtful. Isaiah McDuffie. Questionable. Christian Watson, Elton Jenkins, Luke Musgrave, Dontavian Wicks, Preston Smith, Jaden Reed, and Luke Tenuta. So, obviously, questionable means 50-50 chance. Doubtful means 25% chance they're going to play. Out, they've already been ruled out. You know, it is it is what it is. Yeah. So. As we move on to the Bears injury report, this was, to me, pretty good news. Listen, Darnell Moody has been absolute cheeks, okay? There's no two ways about it. I know last year everybody in Chicago was screaming he's a number one receiver, which absolutely cracked me up. But he's ruled out, okay? So you're going to have a more inexperienced, I should say a less experienced wide receiver for the Bears step in for him, I'm sure. Doubtful. Jalen Johnson with the shoulder did not participate all week, so he's doubtful. That means there's only a 25% chance he's going to play. Jalen Johnson is their best player on their entire team, guys. You guys remember yesterday we hit on it with the PFF grades, right? And when you look at 11 personnel, that's Jalen Johnson over there on the left at 90.8. He's the highest-graded corner in the game. There's a good chance he doesn't go. Um, I mean, I would be really surprised if he if he suits up because it, it's very, very seldom when someone's listed as doubtful that they go. That question, well, like I said, it's usually a 50-50 shot. So, um, again, that's kind of how that plays out. Their best play, they're missing their best player. They're missing one of their starting wide receivers. Questionable is Kyler Gordon with the calf, Khalil Herbert with the back, Cole Komet, the tight end, uh, didn't say what it was, Lucas Patrick with the calf, and Patrick Scales. So, if let's say that only half of those guys suit up there questionable, right? And he, listen, let's look at it from the Bears' perspective here too. Jake, I'm going to get your take on this one, man. From the Bears' perspective, let's put ourselves in their shoes for a second, okay? You're okay. You're going into the last game of the season. Do you want to beat the Packers? Absolutely. Do you want to ruin their season? Absolutely. The people that are going to be on the field are going to be playing, you know, try to be playing their best ball that they played all year long. This is their Super Bowl. But as an organization, as a general manager, if you win this game, your draft pick goes down again, right? So from an organizational standpoint, you look at this and go, you know what? If we sit Jalen Johnson, if we sit Darnell, well, Darnell Mooney's already out. Let's say we sit Kyler Gordon and Khalil Herbert, right? You know, from one side, it's what do you got to lose last game of the season? There's not a game for the Bears next week. The other side, it's like, do we really want to give ourselves the best chance to win this game? That's something people haven't been talking about. And it's it's funny because it, I don't want to be biased, but it kind of feels like because it's the Packers. 
You know, you guys heard Kyle Brandt's little rant. Lifetime Chicago Bears fan. You've seen his rant on NFL Network. Absolutely obnoxious. It was cringy is what it was. He was like – he th- that dude thinks he's way more important than he actually is. He's one of those guys that, in my opinion, has a very low social IQ. He doesn't know how to it, – it's, it's like he's got a bunch of yes people around him saying, hey, look, let's shave your mustache live on the show. That's what people want to see on NFL Network. And they wonder why the ratings are in the tank. But, um, you know, he came out and said, burn burn Lambeau to the ground, right? He said it's the evil, the the Packers' evil empire. Like, he's, I'm just sitting there going, I think you're the only person on the face of the earth that thinks the Packers organization is evil. You're basically saying the only publicly owned team is evil. It's kind of a weird take, especially on NFL Network. But anyway, Jacob, what do you think about this, man? How do you think the Bears are going to play this? And if you were the Bears' general manager, how would you play this, man, with these injuries? Uh, man, I think, first of all, thanks a lot, Tim, for getting me sick. I don't know if you can do it digitally, but I blame you. Um, that being, <laughs> said, that being said, I mean, the Jalen Johnson one's huge and I, I just don't know if it's a tip of the hat. Like you said, that they're definitely sitting out Mooney for that reason that they're going to play, play it real safe with Jalen Johnson that, you know, it is a rivalry game though. They do have the ability to completely ruin the Packers season in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know, dude, if it's the GM, if I'm the GM, I maybe am trying to, it's not that I'm, you know, what do they say? It's not like they're quitting or pulling the game or anything. They're just deciding not to maybe go as hard as they could. You know, they're, they're easing up, not, not going all gas, full break. They're going like 50% gas, pumping the brake a little bit. You know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. uh, I, on the Packers, I gotta be. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
I don't know. You got to be telling myself it doesn't matter if the Bears are ready to come out and play us. Like we have to just be able to boat race, boat race them no matter what. Don't even give them the option. Um, and I don't know personally if I'm the Bears organization, like I I have a hard time getting pumped for this game. Like you talked about. I mean, if I'm really being honest with myself, here we go against the Bears' best passing. I was I was listening while you guys were talking about that. Jordan Love in year one just gets out of bed, puts on his shoes, yawns and stretches and becomes the Bears franchise quarterback, you know, record holder of all time. That to me is hilarious. And if you're a Bears fan, that has to take the wind out of your sails. When you look at yourself in the mirror while you're brushing your teeth, every now and then you're just like, I'm a fraud. <coughs> I'm a fraud. <laughs> yeah, they, they gag while they brush their teeth. It's weird. Um, so anyways, it's just, it's a weird situation to be in. I think the Packers just need to look at it as if like this is a business move and we're playing our a redheaded stepchild of a cousin and we just need to put him away show him no mercy just put the put the the, the put dagger the baby. yeah the dagger exactly what Where is the man? what's the personal part with khalil herbert that's what's interesting to me like my, yeah, I have, my back's sore but there's some personal stuff going on i think like, he's i think he's upset with his back is what they're saying he's <laughs> yeah maybe that's it i don't know yeah it's weird tim i didn't even notice I, i've been hearing back all week but i didn't even notice the personal part that is strange yeah, we need to dig into that a little bit. Like man. my back hurts, and personally, I don't feel like playing. Is that <laughs> <laughs> could be? My back uh, hurts. Hey, did you guys see? Uh, did you see Andy Herman's response to uh, yeah. Kyle Brandt? <laughs> yeah, it was gold, man. Oh, I meant God. to reach out to Andy and ask him, "Hey, man, do I got permission to play that on the show?" But I didn't have time. Oh. It, was, it was epic. And I know Jen, Jen in the chat, she ta- or she uh, hit me up on Twitter, I believe it was. Asking about it. it was it was gold, Jim. Can you sure. summarize it quick for those of us that haven't? Go ahead, Tim. Let them know. <laughs> well, Andy Herman, I'll just quote him. He said, "The bar is so low in Chicago. All Justin Fields zero and five lifetime against the Packers needs to do to is win one game in a game that doesn't matter at all for the Bears and has zero stakes <laughs> against a five hundred Packers team, and he deserves a huge long term contract for it." Okay, you say so. <laughs> so I wasn't gonna do it, but let's go ahead and do it. I'm gonna play. I, I got like a 17. Listen, it was it was three minutes of just straight cringe. So I'm not gonna play the whole thing. I just kind of took it for where he said burn Lambo to the ground and whatever. So here we go. Let's uh let's see if we can get this shared real quick and show you guys what we're talking about as far as what Kyle Brandt said. Um, this was on I think Good Morning Football, which it's sad. I never thought. I'd see the day where I stopped watching Good Morning Football, but it's so annoying now, man. It's just turned into oh, this like guys. I left that show when my homegirl Kay Adams did. Come yes, on now. Dude, it has not been the same since Kay. But here's what he said. Like I said, it's real quick, just about 17 seconds. But you can hear he's trying to be all dramatic and everything. Here we go. The Bears keep you, but you go burn Lambo down. How can they not? Great moments are born from great opportunity. You can end two evils in one game the Green Bay Pack season and the Justin Fields debate. Keep them. The Bears keep you. So obviously he's wanting him. <laughs> he's saying, look, Justin, you got a chance to uh, to put this thing away here. Um, it was like, like I said, two or three minutes long, maybe four minutes long. And it was just so freaking cringy. And everybody responded to it. And I, I tweeted that clip out. And it's gotten like, I think it's closing on 200,000 impressions or something. Like people are yeah. just, and you got some, like, oh, quit being soft. There's nothing about it. Like, the point I was trying to make was not, I think Kyle Brent's going to try to burn down Lambo. That's not what I was saying, guys. <laughs> what I was saying is, this is NFL Network. Show me another analyst 
that's doing this week in and week out towards one organization. You won't find one. Rent-free, buddy. We live rent-free. Adam Rank. Adam Rank mostly focuses on fantasy, but a big Bears fan who's a part of the NFL Network every single year just rags on the Packers constantly. And it's like, from the NFL standpoint, why are you – what's the point? Like, isn't this supposed to be non It's okay to say, man, I'm a Bears fan. I get it. You know, I got you. But when you come from the angle constantly of what did we hear all offseason? Y'all about to find out what it's like not to have a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> all we heard, right? Oh, and it, what did Jordan Love do? He just went out and broke every franchise record in Bears history, basically. So. Uh, if I have to hear, it's mathematically impossible to have three back-to-back <laughs> Hall of Fame. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Not really? Interesting. It's kind of like that whole thing where, like, the coin flip or whatever, you know what I mean? It's it's not the odds of the back-to-back-to-back. The, the back to back. It's the 50-50 shot. You start, right. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, it, it is oh, what it is. Judy yep. in the chat said, I think the Khalil Herbert one is just as huge if he can't go. Uh, Bears don't have any running back close to Herbert's talent. I completely agree. Baldy broke down a bunch of plays. I won't show them all, but I do want to show this one zone replay. Herbert is hands down their best running back. There's no two ways about it. I don't know if Roshan is healthy or not. I was excited about him coming out of Texas. I'm pretty sure he plays for the Bears, if I remember correctly. I don't know if he's healthy or not. I don't know what he's been grading out at. But Herbert is hands down their best running back. But Baldy was getting excited watching them. And this is what I've been kind of talking about. Uh, I know a lot of people were ragging on him and, you know, there's no chance. The Bears – it is – it is remarkable that some of the some of the Packers fans that just pretend like this is a slam dunk win are the same ones that were pretending like, all right, we made the playoffs last year, and then the Lions beat us. Now all of a sudden it's fire everybody. You know what I mean? High highs, low lows, the whole nine yards. But um, when it comes to Khalil Herbert, yeah, this running game is nothing to shake a stick at right here. Let's see. Uh, let's see what Baldy had to say about. It. And this is specifically on a zone read read option. You guys, we talk about how you got to play the zone read. You either need to stand your ground or attack the mesh point. Uh, what you don't want to get caught doing is being caught in between. But you'll see how effective this is. Watch how the defensive end, watch how the edge, I should say, the edge, um, will stand up, strafe, hold his ground, and watch Justin Fields just completely manipulate him, take him out of the game, go plus one in the hat count, and watch Herbert play it really, really conservative here. So this play, let's watch the effect that Justin Fields has on it. And let's watch Khalil Herbert go about his business. So it's an inside zone right here. So on the play, we call this pressing the hole. Khalil Herbert taking it all the way up into the line of scrimmage. Press the hole right there. Look at him. Just hiding behind the monsters. But look at Caden Ellis. He doesn't know who has the ball. His responsibility is Fields. So Fields is taking the guy right out of the mix. Now, Khalil Herbert, press the hole. Now bounce, 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 get, go, go, get into the alley, get on the moving sidewalk, and go for 35. Like, that's the difficulty of defending this Chicago Bear rushing attack. It's a beautiful thing. So it's what they do well, right? There's no no two ways about it. Um, I know uh, Peter in the chat said, my bold prediction defensive player of the game is Lucas Van Ness with three and one forced fumble. What do you guys think? Do you agree? I know this. What they say, Caden Ellis? Is that who the guy was playing the, the the edge there, setting the edge? Put Van Ness on that side. You guys remember what he did to Justin Fields the first time? Yeah. I guarantee you there's going to be one or two of those zone reads that they run. If you've got Van Ness standing over there with that big old corn-fed body standing there, right, I guarantee you Justin's going to go, I know I should probably keep this one, but let's just let 
the running back handle it. Because <laughs> that's a – I mean, Caden Ellis to me looked more like a an undersized wheel, and I could be wrong just in that, that shot right there. Uh, Lucas Van Ness has got the speed to run Justin down. I'm more concerned about Justin – scrambling out of the pocket than I am with their zone read game because, you know, we've gotten burned a couple of times by being a little too aggressive, setting the edge and and not holding your ground, mainly with Rashawn Gary. It's definitely one of the weak spots of his game. Preston gets pulled inside a couple of times too, but um, anything you guys want to add to that right there? And what do you think about Peter's prediction there? How cool would it be to to, to finish the, the regular season and fight your way to a playoff berth and have Van Ness have one of his best games? That would be awesome. What do you think, Tim? Oh, man, that would be great. Like I said, um, I, I hope to see Preston Smith on the field, but I do think either way, whether he goes or doesn't, we're going to get a heavy dose of LBN in this game. And um, I'm with it. I'm, I'm totally with it. You know, he's contributed, you know, off and on in his own way all year. He's uh, come up with big time plays for us in a pinch when we've needed it. And, you know, I, I don't care if he has one play in this game if it seals the game for us, you know, um, guys got to Guys got to contribute, but you know, I love the attitude, you know, it's kind of like I feel about our run game against their, you know, their stout run defense that we're supposed to be terrified of. You know, I say, just bring it. And this is, Hey, this is all the marbles. We know this is their super bowl. You know, we can't take this team lightly. Anybody that that is, is naive. You know, you talked about this all week, Clayton, you know, the bears have improved, uh, since this week one matchup, these are not, and so have we, you know, we've right. had our ups and downs. There's a reason that we're in the mix right now. And uh, they're not, and, you know, quite frankly, there for a while when we were dropping games, it got a little ugly because it almost looked like the bears were going to creep back into the mix. Um, so, you know, we have to remember this is a rivalry game. Um, you know, you can hate your opponent. Uh, you can want to destroy them, all of that. But there is a level of respect that has to be there when you take the field. Because if you take anyone in this league lightly, they're going to make you look stupid. And uh, it's happened to us before, and we're not going to let it happen again. Um, and we've got all the motivation we need right now. We've been playing football the last two, three weeks already. So um, we need to officially get there. And uh, I think the guys are going to get it done, man, for sure. But um, I'm all for it, man. LVN. You know, whether it's holding that edge, whether it's, you know, rushing Justin Fields, whatever, man, I think we're going to get the contributions. I also can't wait to see uh, my boy Quay. You know, we got an athletic linebacker there. Um, this could be a big game for him. We're going to need it to be a big game from him, uh, you know, especially with McDuffie not playing. So uh, look for Dre Campbell to step up, Quay Walker to step up. We're going to need everybody on D to contribute for sure in this one. Definitely. Jacob, you got anything to add to that, Bob? Yeah, I mean, just as far as Lucas Finesse, how nice and I guess rare is it? I don't know about you guys, but I have barely heard any Packers fandom like hate or negativity, but like, oh, our number one draft pick, not producing, you know, not getting out on the field. It's like it's been kind of a up and down season with LVM, but he's came in there. He's made a couple of really great splash plays. I know he's got a few sacks. All in all, I'm very happy with his production, but like, just think about that. How great our rookies and our draft class has been once again, where we're just kind of like number one draft pick. It's fine. You know, he'll come around probably in the next couple of years. Right now he's, you know, I, I just, again, I look at what the potential is with this team in two to three years, but as far as specifically in this game, like Tim said, I'm, I'm excited about Quay. I really wish we could see a little more McDuffie. I think that he has really become a late round gem. Wasn't he like a fifth rounder from Boston college or something like that? Later. Yeah. And I yeah. remember when they drafted him too, I was kind of digging into him a little bit. I was like, man, I like this guy. He looks like he, 
kind of scrappy. Uh, yeah. It was surprising that that if I remember correct, I could be getting my timeline mixed up, but it seems like Oren Burke stayed over top of him for the most part on the depth oh. chart. And I was always looking at him going, man, I'd rather have McDuffie out there. And then it was last year, I think, that he was like our special teams ace, Jake, Jacob, if I remember right. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. doesn't get a lot of credit for his ability in the pass pass game either. And, you know, right. that's obviously not his strong suit, but it's something that I've I've witnessed him, you know, at camp working on. And uh, throughout this year, I think he's gotten a little bit better at his, uh, you know, left to right coverage and being able to fall back and, you know, defend the pass a little bit um, as well. So because we are obviously know he's a great, great run stuffer, you know, so uh, yeah, hopefully Zay gets back. You know, maybe that's that's the key. You know, if he can't go tomorrow, it is what it is. We go out here as a team, we get this win and, you know, we see you in the in the wild card round. So, yeah, Jen Rott in the chat also said, what's that? Oh, nothing. I was just real quick. Gonna, you're going to probably hit it in a second here, but Omar, I like how he said um, him being LVN, Preston, and TJ Slayton are our best versus the run. It'd be nice to see them in a little package, you know, Slayton yeah. maybe trying to stuff up that middle, take a couple guys with them, and then having a little uh, – I mean, I just I, – who else would you want in that lineup? Who would be your fourth? Gary, yeah. obviously, right? Yeah. Try yeah. to get Gary in there somehow, put LVN inside a little bit and have Slayton. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, you, you have Slayton in typically on your base, right, your 34 jam. So most of the time in your 34 jam, what you've seen early in the season was Preston Smith. This is from, from the offense's perspective from left to right. you got Preston Smith, Kenny Clark, TJ Slayton playing nose, Devontae Wyatt, Rashawn Gary. Now what we've seen last game, and it's just on the surface, I haven't looked at the exact snap counts and, and really keyed in on it. I had to, I was limited on time as far as breaking down the tape. But, it kind of felt like Carl Brooks got a little bit more looks last week. Um, I think they're getting a little bit aggravated with Devontae Wyatt and, you know, him being a little too aggressive, right, and uh, and just kind of playing reckless. Um, but you, it felt like we've seen a little more of Carl Brooks, and then lo and behold, Devontae Wyatt's grade came up to a 72, one of his best games of the season. So it's important to have that depth. And another thing I'll say before we move on from LVM, you know, like she said, LVN's rookie year is actually better than Gary's given time. Um, you know, it, if that is true, Jen and I trust you. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure there's some statistics that might go ag- push against that. But I, I think overall you're right because Rashawn Gary was an absolute non-factor his rookie year. And you've seen them really try to put Van Ness in um, against the run especially. But when you, when you draft at a position that you're already deep at, right, you already have Preston Smith, you already had – uh, Rashawn Gary. Some people really, really, I mean, good football minds really like Enigbare going into the season as well. Uh, one of those being Michael Lombardi. And you see it from time to time. He'll grade out in the 80s, and then he'll grade out in the 40s. You know what I mean? So he's just inconsistent. But when you draft like that, you, there's no pressure on him. It's just like Jordan Love. For three years, there was zero pressure on Jordan Love. It was just soak it all in. Get used to the offense. Get used to playing at this level. Right? Run the scout team, whatever it may be. I think there's, I think there's some a little bit of power in that for sure. But since we were continuing to talk about, you know, stopping the run, right, and talking about LVN, I got another video here um, on the Bears' power run game, and then I think there's a little play action off of it too, if I remember correctly. But again, this is Brian Baldinger on Twitter doing his Baldy's breakdowns. Uh, let's see what he had to say about their power running game here. Chicago Bear fan, don't you just love I formation? Don't you love your quarterback under center? A fullback Curry blazing game right here and a toss to a power back in Cleo Herbert. And you just get elephants on parade. 
And if you get a little color showing like you do right here, Blazingame cleans it up. And Herbert turns the corner and gets you a good four yards. You love it. Then you come back. You come back to this right here. Here you go. I formation. All right? Rashawn Johnson at the tailback. And you get a, a play-action fake here. Look at the, the attention to detail right here. Look at the linebackers. Look at Ellis. All right? Look at Landman. Look at them all. Where's the ball? Who's got the ball? And then you drag the tight end across the formation. Tanya in. Right here. Nice and easy. Justin Fields gets the ball to your tight end. Then you come back to I formation right here. Here you go. With Mercedes Lewis. All right? Basically a third tackle. And you just run power right at the defense. Now here you go. You just get a move. Lucas Patrick. Nate Davis. All right? You get the rookie over here. And you just let Herbert just pound you. And then you get down the one-yard line. And you just get this in the snow. And you get eye formation. You don't need any tush-push. You don't need quarterback sneaks. You need your quarterback under center. You need a tight end. You need snow falling heavy. <laughs> you want football in January in Chicago. Get yourself an eye formation and pound the rock. Man, that looks good. That's a good package that they had on Sunday. Hey, you know what? I'll take Justin Fields rolling left and throwing the ball late across the middle 100% of the time. <laughs> Go ahead, run that crap tomorrow, please. Yeah, I, I love Baldy, but that dude sounds like he's gargling bacon grease, dude. I don't know what's going on. Oh, bro, he's, he's an 11-year vet. Hey, man. He is banged up, bro. That's what he's like, hitting the throat. Something <laughs> <laughs> like Chris Farley when he's like, <laughs> You know, obviously, I wasn't alive uh, immediately following World War One, but I imagine that's like ninety-five percent of those soldiers sounded like coming back from World War One. Just sound like I just want to sit down with a cold uh, daddy soda and go, "Hey, bro, talk to me. Tell me what you've experienced." <laughs> I mean, Baldy's right though about what he's seeing here with this, you know, this power eye and, improve, and man. a lot improved. of what they do. But you know, also he he mentioned Big Dog. Big Dog is out. He will not be playing tomorrow. I believe we saw that on the. Is that right? Let's see. Let's look. Double at check here. the injury report. I believe Big Dog is out. Uh, uh, I don't know not, if they ruled him out or is he? It's not listed. It's not listed. Yeah, that's veteran rest. rest. So, yeah, okay. I think what they're playing with the NA um, actually, Tim is probably it's not even an issue. He's going to play. This is just part of the part of the plan, I believe. Um, now, will, will he be active? That's the question, right? Because they right. may look up and go, okay, according to the game plan, we don't need him. That could happen. I don't know how often he's been active or inactive, but I could be reading that wrong too, Tim. But I, I think I think they're saying he's ready to go. But I could be okay. wrong. Well, we know how this is too. A lot of this posturing, you know, that's like we were we were we were concerned with with Coach Lafleur earlier in the week when asked about Jair. You know, is Jair going to start uh, coming off the suspension? And Matt didn't want to give out any details. It's like, well, that has nothing to do with Jair. It has everything to do with we don't want our opponent to to game plan too much in advance. Um, I guess we'll see tomorrow, right, when we uh, get the actual game day actives. You know, something popped in my head too, Clayton. I think uh, if anyone's going to get sent down, it might be uh, Robert Rochelle for us if we need the roster spot. Makes I don't sense. know what your thought is about that. That makes a lot of sense. Maybe keep that extra receiver and yep. send down Rochelle. Um, yeah, because, you know, and here's the thing too. We're sitting here talking about this running game. And I know there's been a lot of people talking about how, well, all you got to do is stop the run. All you got to do is stop the run. And and I, I don't – maybe they haven't had time to watch Justin Fields. But when I turn it on, 
I'm seeing a huge improvement throwing the ball too. Like, is he top 10? No, he's probably not even top 15. But from where he was taking that incremental step, Baldy does another break. I'm going to hit it. I was going to skip it. Let's hit it one more time here. This is him talking about Justin Fields throwing the ball. It's going to be a little bit hard to see because the snow was flying in Chicago. This is just what I'm – I don't want you guys to think I'm just kind of building up this false narrative like, oh, well, uh, Clayton's just trying to let us down easy if they do lose. I'm seeing improvement from Justin Fields. So um, let's show it here. Again, if you see it, you got to say it. I don't want this to just turn into let's pump the Packers up and then when they lose, let's fire everybody. I want to show that growth here from Justin Fields. Here's Baldy talking about him throwing the football. And you can hear Baldy getting excited about it, which I want to say this. Baldy is a guy that he's not going to talk negative about anybody he breaks down. He's a former player who's looking to build people up. So he's not going to point out Justin Fields' flaws, especially since they're playing good here the last few games. But here's his breakdown of him uh, passing the ball. And I want you to look at some of these throws, guys. This is anyone who just sits here and goes, oh, Justin Fields is trash. I got to respectfully disagree, man. Soldier Field, Sunday afternoon. First quarter. Flakes coming down thick. I can't wait for the Bears to have a playoff game, a home playoff game, and the weather is like this. And Justin Fields making these kind of throws to DJ Moore, like right on the money. You look at this first touchdown throw, I don't even know how he can see the corner. Like how can he even see the corner of the end zone? But he did. When is it even practice this stuff? Do they allow this at Alice Hall? Dude, look at this. Or do they go indoors when it's snowing like this? When do you learn how to throw a football in this kind of a blizzard? Justin Fields, right on the money. You can't cover DJ Moore any better than this. Like, he got there just within a snowflake. Like, this is going to be so nice, man. Like, you watch and read this coverage right here on this overload blitz right here. Read the coverage and make the throw. Drop the ball right in a snow bucket. Beautiful throw. I mean, you want to see it from another angle? Why wouldn't you? The snow lets up, but the throws were just coming down like a blizzard. Look at this throw. I mean, come on. Like, is this guy the future? This pickup of DJ Moore? Like, just keep building. Dang, they got a good thing going on in Chi-Town. This so is again, his third year as a starter, right? Uh, yes, third year as a starter, correct. I just wonder why he gets so much slack and, and there's there's been so much question about Jordan, you know, in the comparison between these two. It just boggles my mind. Like, this is Jordan's first year as a starter. And, right. and we know unequivocally that he's our future, right? Right. Okay. This is three seasons of Justin Fields. And their fan base is probably – what, 50-50 split on whether would, he's the guy or not? I'd say it's probably 70-30 they want him out. It's kind of the vibe I get. It's really you know what, the, the funniest part of it all is their, <laughs> their uh, projected uh, replacement, Caleb Williams, is a Packer fan. <laughs> right. <laughs> really? Oh, hey. my gosh, yeah. Like, look, did you see that? They had a something about some tweets from – a few years ago where he was just like, go pack, go and super excited for us. <laughs> and then somebody actually tweeted out something along the lines of um, D- Caleb Williams does not need to be a Chicago bear, something along that lines. And he liked the tweet. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't want to be. A bear. <laughs> so um, well, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of feeling like they're going to move forward with Justin Fields. But uh, again, I don't think he's top 10. He may not even be top 15, but I think he's playing better. What are you going to say, Jacob? 
I'll just I'll guarantee you this that if they decide to move on from him, the football gods will make Justin Fields at least into for a couple of years, he'll be a top ten, top five quarterback. They may even give that guy a ring. And if they decide to keep him, he's gonna be hot booty cheeks and it's gonna be wonderful to see. So <laughs> definitely. Back to the Packers side of thing. Again, I just want to point out what we've been talking about all week and going, okay, you're seeing improvement. There's a couple clips where, like I said, 11-year NFL vets seeing similar things. Can I pose one scenario and see if if you think Mm -hmm. it's crazy? You did say he's been um, showing more accuracy and more uh, better pass skills and that sort of thing. Do you think, like, the ascension of both the Packers and the Bears, whereas the Packers seems like they've had a lot of young guys and they have a little bit of a more, I'd argue, uh, complicated concepts, a lot of the stuff they do on offensively with a lot of the motions and the all that kind of stuff. Whereas the Bears organization seems like they've really honed things down, taken away a lot of the stuff, and they're like, we're running power eye football and, <laughs> right. and freaking play action. And if you can do that, you know, Fields, then we may have a chance because our defense, we're just playing old school, hard-nosed football. Do you see that that's more, they're just kind of perfecting more of a very basic game? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think I think both teams are playing to their strengths. I think that the Packers are looking at the tape and going, man, our run blocking isn't where it needs to be. Let's pass the football, right? And I think the Bears are looking up and going, Justin is progressing, but he's not a top 10 passer. He's not a top 15 passer, right? So let's play to his strengths and stick to the power eye and things like that. You know, when you when you put an extra back in the backfield, you now go from a defense's perspective of one gap to two gap, and it really puts a little more stress on where are the cutbacks are they going to run counter? Are they going to run power? Are they going to run pin and pull? Like there's a ton of different ways you can go there, especially with that extra blocker in the backfield. You're kind of blasting it from the inside out, especially when you're playing a team that likes to play like a quarters coverage where you're top down and you've got two safeties in shell who still have to work their way into the run fit. Um, so to answer your question, Jacob, I think personally it comes down to the quarterback skill level. No one in here, I think we would all agree, would say that Jordan Love is a better runner of the football than Justin Fields. And I don't think there's anybody on the face of the earth that looks at Justin Fields and go, he's a better passer than Jordan Love. So I think it's more along the lines of the coaching staffs, building the game plan, building the attack around what their quarterbacks do well. And also the, 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 the weapons that they got there in the skill position room, you know, like they got Khalil Herbert. Yes. They've got DJ Moore now, who I think is grading out as the number eight wide receiver. Um, again, I, I just don't, I don't want to be, we're homers. We're always going to be homers. I just don't want to be hypocritical. And there were a lot of people laughing at that DJ Moore trade. You know, like, oh, he's garbage. He ain't going to do anything. He's It's worked, right? you got to give credit where credit's due. Justin Fields, ah, oh, he's still trash. He has, I mean, from every pretty much just about everything that you look at, when you look at the tape, like Baldy, you see, okay, he's th- those throws, guys, those were good throws. You go to PFF, well, what's PFF think? Yeah, he's raised five points this year, almost six points, according to PFF. got to give credit where credit's due. But, yeah, I think that's what it is, Jacob. I think uh, – I think it's built around that. That's why I'm kind of like, if they, I hope they don't bring Justin back because we got a baseline for Justin now. I think we would all agree the Bears have performed better this year than they did last year. Are we all on the same page there? Oh, I mean, they've sure. improved. Yeah. For so sure. if you change quarterbacks again, guess what happens? You take, look at Peyton Manning's first year in the league. I think he set the record for uh, interceptions in one season. Right. So even if you do get a top name quarterback, it's usually a year or two before they put it together. Um, so that's why I'm kind of like it, for now, for right now, for next year, 2024, I would rather them get rid of Justin Fields and have to make a transition. And it gives us a chance of them hitting on an absolute bust of a quarterback. But I do know this, too, with the way things have unfolded in Chicago, 
if you were to put Justin Fields on a on a uh, Shane Stocking top team, you know whether it's Indy or Philadelphia, he's probably got a lot better numbers. You know that's just my personal opinion. They're trying to fit somewhat of a square peg into a round hole, and it goes exactly what you're saying, Jacob. That's why they've had to mold this offense around power run as opposed to what Luke Getzey was doing with Aaron Rodgers, you know, in Green Bay. So that makes sense. Um, one other thing I want to hit on real quick, uh, Christian Watson. I'm going to get real close to the camera here or kill it for a second. So Rob Domofsky tweeted out, Matt LaFleur said of Watson, we felt he had two good days of practice and wanted to give him today, and we'll see where he's at on Sunday. And he quote tweeted the previous one that said, after two days of practice, Christian Watson is not suited up today. Could be a setback or could just be saving him for Sunday after getting through two days. We'll see if LaFleur sheds any light uh, on it post-practice. And then at the very bottom there, you see um, one of the most recent updates was Christian Watson on not practicing today. Christian said, quote, to kind of give me at – to, to kind of give me the best chance to go on Sunday was to rest a little bit today and make sure that I do everything to take care of my body, body, as McCarthy would say, and put myself in the best position to hopefully play on Sunday. So it was precautionary. Justin, I know you're listening. That's what that was, buddy. Thank God, right? We were both kind of throwing that around, a little bit concerned about that, but it looks like he's going to try to go on Sunday. Now, if he wakes up in the hammy's tight, he's going to be inactive, right? Another one here, Ryan Wood tweeted out, Matt LaFleur com uh, complimentary of how Jair Alexander has returned off the suspension. Quote, he's been awesome. He had a great attitude, came in with great energy. I told Jair from day one, he's very charismatic. He has the energy to light up the room. His energy can uplift everybody. Matt LaFleur says A.J. Dillon is out because of the stinger, uh, not the broken thumb. So just to kind of reiterate what we talked about earlier. So <clears throat> all signs are pointing to, guys, unless they're all putting on one hell of an acting performance – I think Ja is going to be a Packer moving forward. I know there were some people saying, I don't think I don't see him being here next year. Um, I think that kind of cleaned itself up. And I tip my cap to the organization for the way they handle it, but I really give a double tip to Jair because it had yep. been real easy to let your ego get in the way, Tim, and come back in that locker room and be like, no, nah, flush this. I'm better than them. I want out. He seems like he just completely hum humbled himself, and uh, I like it. I really do, man. Let's just look up in March, and he's traded somewhere, though. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, that all the all the talk of him not being a Packer anymore has not come from inside that locker room. There's no nobody at twelve sixty five has had that attitude. It's all been people from the outside looking in. So, um, you know, and we'll see. We'll see how the team responds this week. Um, you know, like we just talked about here, you know, him coming back, the guys were happy to see him. You know, he kind of gives gives us the juice, so to speak, um, really on both sides of the ball. And um you know, let's be honest, Jaws due. He's due for a hell of a game. Really and uh, what a great time to to get one from him. So, and then as far as Scoot, man, what, you know, what can you say about Scoot? This guy is doing everything he can to play football tomorrow. And you know what? He has the mentality that I'm going to leave it all out there. If I tweak the hammy again and I'm done again, oh, well, I'll have 116 yards and two tutters on the way to doing it and we'll get a dub. This guy's trying to help us win. And um, so I don't want to hear the glass talk. I don't want to hear any more of the, the nonsense when it comes to Christian Watson. The guy's a gamer. He's got wheels. He's got his hands have improved. You know, that was a big knock on him last year. What was the drops? Um, that guy has all but alleviated that issue completely. Um, and uh, he just makes that already deep wide receiver room even deeper. And um, having him available tomorrow is going to be everything. You know, we've talked about that even on plays that uh, 
that he's not necessarily, you know, getting targeted, you know, this Bears defense is going to have to account for him. So um, really hopeful to see Scoop play tomorrow. That, that reminds me, if you guys can do me a favor, if you guys all know, I don't want to ask you to pray because that's horrible. But if we could all use like a birthday type wish, willing this into existence, we need Watson to play because obviously we want the Packers to win against the Bears and to move into the playoffs and to obviously win the Super Bowl, which then obviously makes that we can fire Joe Barry and all that great stuff. But more than anything, if Watson goes in there and just scores one touchdown, I win 500 bucks from prize picks. And then that means that $250 of it is going to be donated to the Fertile Ground Ranch. And I'm asking this chat to find out what the best cause to donate the other $250 would be. So I want you guys to um, like some sort of fund or whatever you guys want to put it towards. Or uh, does that say Kevin King's in the chat? Who's Kevin King? What you doing? Is that the Kevin King? I'm pretty sure that's not the Kevin King. That'd be really cool. If it is Kevin King, you need to become a member of the channel, bug. We know you've got some extra change laying around. My God. (laughs) Says, you're going to play lights out and let's go. Yeah, I, yeah, it, it could be Kevin King. Might be sitting over going, man, listen to this redneck podcast. This is really a state of Packers fan after they let him go. He just said he like he was really like the organization. I, I think he's a good dude. It's just it didn't work out. You know, it's not his fault that that they overdrafted him. You know, yeah. it is what it is. But uh, all right, want to say this real quick. First of all, we got 111 people in here. Let's see if we can get to 111 likes. Just take a quick second, hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this content, find this channel. Um, I hate mentioning it, but it's a, a necessary evil for sure. It'll help boost the algorithm, like I said, and, and continue to grow the channel, which is going absolutely nuts right now. I do want to say uh, BetUS, we appreciate them. They're the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. If you want to support the channel um, for free, just click on the link in the description, and that'll send you directly to BetUS where you can register as a customer for free. And because you use that link, it lets them know that we sent Packers Total Access Live sent you to BetUS. And we appreciate them, like I said, jumping on board. As far as the uh, line, it was sitting at three points earlier in the week. I think it's still there. The Packers are three-point favorites. And BetUS, you can get that same action there uh, at minus 110 for both teams, whether you take the plus three or the minus three. If you take the plus three in Chicago, don't ever come back to this stream again. If you take the minus three, we're rooting for you. We hope the Packers pull out a win, go to the playoffs, and you make a little change. So, again, that's BetUS, America's favorite sports book. Been in business for over 30 years. They are the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. We appreciate them so much. So, um, Last thing, as we get ready to wrap up, I've seen this comment, and I wanted to hit it real quick. We actually had a few of them I missed, but I'm going to hit this one. Uh, Peter said, hey, Clayton, when we get to next season, after we fire Joe Barry, you mentioned it too, Jacob. It's hilarious. Joe Barry, do you think we need to hire a D.C. that will switch to a 4-3 to help stop the run? You know, it's funny that that's the approach because the 34 defense was created by John Madden to stop the run. The goal was rather than having four guys up front with two guys a little undersized on the end, why don't we put three defensive tackles on the front? And then if you want to play a jam like the Packers do, um, then that that makes you a little more, you know, gap sound, a little more in position. You're putting five guys on the front of the line. This is against base, of course. When you go nickel, it's nickel two, four, five. So um, you say four, three, like, all right, man, we go to four, three, we'll be able to stop the run. It's way deeper than that, Peter. Um, that sounded bad. Listen, it's 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 a lot more detailed than that, all right? 4-3 is only when you're in your base defense, meaning when they're in 12 or 21. Now, when you play Chicago, you're going to be in 4-3 a lot. Not the majority of the time, but a lot. So even though you've got a 4-3 scheme, 
when they go to 11 personnel, three wide receiver sets, you're triggering your nickel. So you're right back in your nickel two, four, five, or your, your, your nickel with four down linemen. And in a four, three, the only difference between a four, three nickel and a 34 nickel is first of all, it's not technically a 34, but when you build your roster around that, those two defensive ends are outside linebackers. If we switch to a 43 today on the depth chart, I'm talking about in a split second, Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith will be listed as defensive ends. So nothing really changes. Okay. Now, when you're going in a base look, you got four on the line of scrimmage and you got three backers, three, what we call stack backers, right? In a 34, you've got with our jam, five on the line of scrimmage. So let me ask you this if you knew 100% a team was going to run, which would you rather have? Five guys on the line of scrimmage or four? I would rather have five and you're going, well, Clayton, why isn't it working? Because it's how the players are executing. They're not staying gap sound. They're missing tackles. It's that simple. And the backers Quay specifically has not been aggressive enough at the point of attack. I'm not talking about tackling. He's a great tackler, but when you, when you come into a play and you know, it's a, a zone left and you know, okay, my gap responsibility needs to be the B to the C here in this specific situation. And he just kind of lags in the B and lets them have the C completely. And now Preston's thinking, Quay's got my back on the B. Let me contain the edge. You could drive a truck through that hole. Like these are the little things that happen up front. So I don't think switching to a 4-3 is just going to fix it. I think it's going to come down to if you do change DCs, the, the positive would be bringing in a new belly of assistant coaches who are probably going to teach a little more fundamentals, tackling, gap sound. Right. That's what I think the, the the big improvement would be. But am I opposed to a four or three? Not necessarily. The Bears have a good D. I know some still refuse to believe it, but the Bears are playing good defense right now. They play a 43 zone look. That's they're in zone like a large majority of the time. So they play a 43 front and they're pretty good against the run. Matter of fact, we uh I think I've still got it right here. If I pull up their identity real quick, defensive identity. Um, just to look at it one more time. So when they're in man, they're only in man 19% of the time. That's 26 fewest. They're in zone 64% of the time. Their EPA in zone is sixth in the league, and their EPA in man is 24th. Okay. So just to kind of give you an idea now, how often are they in base? They're in base four, or 13th most in the league at 23%. Their EPA is fourth. In nickel, they're at 73%. That's eighth highest, and it drops down to 14th. So just to kind of give you an idea, and they do a real even split to on the backside. So when you go to EPA, when you go to EPA, base, they're fourth in the league. Nickel, they're 14th, okay? And then when they go to uh, against gap run, they're shutting the gap run down second best in the league, according to EPA, and zone run 11th best. So you've got a legit – if you put those two together, right, and kind of average it out, you'd have a legit – According to EPA, which is points, how the players are performing within this defensive uh, scheme, you'd have right around the six, seven, maybe eight spot, a, a legit top ten run-stopping team, right? So just to kind of give you an idea of how, how that plays out. I, hopefully that answers your question, Peter, but I don't look at it like 43 is the, the easy way to fix a defensive scheme. It's going to come down to the players executing. People hate hearing that. People hate hearing that. But most of the time, 90% of the time, the people that hate hearing that don't take the time to actually study what's going on on the field, and they just want to make a blanket statement of, ah, well, they're just trash firing, rather than, I'm cool with firing. I am. Let's just understand why we're firing them and make sure we don't make the same mistake again. That's all I'm asking. 
So we had some stats we were going to hit on, but we're already over the hour mark as far as team statistics and showing how the defense has actually played the last few years. I'm going to save it for tonight's show on PTA Live. But Gino in the chat says, Jim Schwartz knew how to beat the bear, these Bears. Jim Schwartz is a great uh, a great D.C. Is he in Cleveland now? Am I thinking right, guys? Am I thinking he's in Cleveland right now? I think you're right. Yeah, Jim Schwartz is one of those Belichickians, right? He came up uh, in Cleveland. He was a slappy in, in Cleveland with Belichick. He ended up working with Belichick and some of his assistants on down the road. He ends up getting a head coaching job in Detroit, absolutely crapped the bed. And now everywhere he's gone, the defense has improved. I believe it's either Cleveland or Philly he's in. I can't remember which team, but everywhere he goes, the defense plays solid. Problem is, if he's a D.C. somewhere, you can't bring him in. Unless, of course, he's not the assistant coach in that spot and you promote him to that and bring him in as your D.C. But How do you guys feel? Do you guys, Tim, I'll start with you. Do you have a preference, 4-3 or 34? Does it matter to you? Um. Honestly, I've I've had this back and forth myself. Uh, me and my buddy Tony have talked about this at nauseum. Uh, he's a fan of going to going to the forty three. I'm kind of on the fence. I think we should stay in the thirty four. Um, and I'm kind of in your camp, Clayton. I believe this stuff comes down to execution. I know it's not popular to say because you know change the freaking record. Yes, fire Joe Barry. Oh my God. Okay, guys, we have been caught over pursuing when we should be staying home and we've been caught staying home when we should be going full pursuit. And that is on players that is not on scheme. And I'll just leave it at that. So I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the 34. I think we should stay there. Tim, Tim, Tim. Uh You got to realize that this is a 46 bear formation team. Okay. (laughs) Either that or nitro. We're either doing that or nitro, man. We're going the buddy rhyme 46. Oh my goodness. I'm digging it. Um, honestly, though, I, I think I, I agree. Three, four just seems overall a better way, especially if you have those freak athletes at the quote unquote, edge position, it just seems like you can do so much. I mean, where else are you going to get Preston Smith covering wide receiver ones? You know what I mean? Anywhere you play a 34, to be honest with you, <laughs> <laughs> that's really the answer. Everybody acts like it doesn't happen. It cracks me up, man. I, I literally put. I just I spent 10 minutes and said, let me go look just through the tape real quick. And what are the 34 defenses across there? Okay, you got these teams. Let's just look at that. Oh, look, there's an outside linebacker covering a wide receiver. There's an outside linebacker covering a wide receiver. And I put it together and I got roasted for it. It was like <laughs> you thought I walked over, knocked on their door, and slapped them in the mouth. I'm just pointing out that it's gonna happen. They're gonna go empty with their base from time to time. And when you play a 34, it's gonna happen. Let me tell you what else is gonna happen. If you play a 43 and somebody goes empty base, you're going to have a linebacker having to cover a running back, a wide receiver, or a tight end. It's going to happen. In some cases, you're going to have a linebacker out there on the perimeter trying to cover a wide receiver in the slot, and then you'll have a a safety trying to cover a running back on the boundary. That's why they go T boundary. That's why they do that. They flex the T all the way up the sideline because they want to know two things, man coverage. If you're in man coverage, a backer or a safety will walk out with him and line up. All right, we got that information. The other thing is, how are you going to cover us with a safety or a linebacker against a running back like Bijan Robinson, who is just as good a receiver as he is a running back, right? Like that's the other team gets paid to. There's no simple fix to any of this. And that's all we've tried to point out all year long. Um, Peter says, thank you, Clayton. Yes, that was uh, that was a great explanation. Appreciate it. Appreciate the question, man. I love stuff like that. We'll lose listeners, but I will talk nerdy X's and O's all day long. And it's definitely something I'm most interested in. I will never forget the first podcast I did where someone emailed in and asked me an X's and O's question. 
I was like, oh boy, that's all I needed. Because at the time I'm like, people don't want to hear this stuff, but it seems to be pretty popular. So, um, and just trying to figure everything out, obviously. Um, all right, we're at the hour seven minute mark. Let's wrap this big bear up. Jacob, what else you got, buddy? You got any other topics you want to hit on? We're going to go live again tonight. I don't know if you'll be able to join or not, but you got anything else to add here before we wrap up? Not, not yet. Um, it'll be interesting to see. I'll be here tomorrow. We're doing a pregame show, right? You're doing a morning and a pregame? Uh, yeah, well, well, the pregame would have to be, what, right around 2 o'clock your all's time? Um, I may do three tomorrow. I'll see what happens. Yeah. I'll, well, be okay I'll for sure be there for the pregame and the postgame. So uh, awesome. we'll have some more news going, uh, I'm sure, right before kickoff. So I'm excited to see you guys then. And, yeah, we had a good group here today. That's fun. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, Tim? You got anything else, buddy? Uh, no, just excited um, for this game tomorrow. Really am. Um, you know, a lot of talk, a lot of build up to this. At the end of the day, man, it's played between the lines, you know, and yeah. – I would be fully surprised. I guess the one thing that's been on my mind is we always talk about, um, you know, going to the film room and looking at the last time these two teams played, right? We know the Bears are going to be looking at film. We're looking at film of them. I honestly think that, you know, the four-game saturation is more important in this case than our previous matchup. And I'd be willing to bet that the Packers are looking at Chicago's last four games uh, even more than they are looking at that first week's matchup. It's almost like night and day. So um, I would be really, really prepared um, for the unexpected in this game, meaning if, if we think they're going to come out and be run heavy, don't get caught sleeping if they're out there slinging it right away. So uh, we've got to be able to adapt and adjust uh, in this game. And uh, I think, you know, it could be the potential for, for a real grinder. It could be a close game. You know, honestly, it really could. I don't think it could be a boat race from either one of these teams. So uh, be prepared for the grind and uh, the excitement of some hard-nosed January football at Lambeau Field. Packers, Bears, it doesn't get any better than this. All the marbles on the line, right? I mean, for us, it's everything. For them, it's everything. <laughs> it's their Super Bowl. It's their their future. So uh, just excited for the game, guys. Yeah, definitely. Um. Doug in the chat says, before you guys erase the chat, we got derailed and fully vetted Paul Robertson's waxing preferences. It's a must read. Uh, we're going to pass on that. All right. <laughs> Jacob and I are already sick. We don't need I, I to keep my copy down chat. there. What's that, Jacob? I said, I just can't, I can't help but follow along with the chat as it goes. And it, you guys yeah. are definitely my, my people. Bunch of I can, I can tell, man. We're in the middle of a serious conversation. Well, more importantly, kind of Carly Ray just skip the Christmas party. Just skip nice. it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> skip it. <laughs> you want? I can call in. Never mind. I won't do that. Yeah, exactly. For those of you talking about waxing, all right, in the chat. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. All right, get out of here with that. <laughs> I love the chat, man. The chat's awesome. All right, we're out of here, guys. Again, tonight we will hit on just to kind of give you a preview. We'll lead off with uh, where we kind of left off here. We got the 33rd team power rankings. Pretty cool stuff that the Packers are ranked barely ahead of the Chicago Bears. You guys know the 33rd team's run by a ton of former NFL executives, NFL coaches, NFL players across the board. They got a good analytics community as well. We'll look at the 33rd team's Packers overview, their team overview for the season. We'll look at the offensive team stats 
by year and go, okay, how much have they improved from last year and the previous, you know, three to five years? I think it goes back five years. We'll do the same thing on defense and show you guys just how close this defense is performing to where they were last year and just put things into perspective going into that final game of the season. And like Jacob said, there's a chance we'll do three shows uh, on game day there on Sunday. We'll definitely do two. We'll definitely do a pregame and a postgame. But like I said, we may do a, a early morning, good morning Lambo as well. So with that being said, I want to thank everybody in the chat. You guys were absolutely awesome. Thank you all for hanging out with us this morning. Hope you have an awesome day. Um, also, if you get a chance, hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this content. We greatly appreciate that. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go.